change it and we'll make a tradition out of it. Yeah. Mm. New mic placement. How's, the, how's that yawn? It's good. Do you good? It's a good yawn. That Did you work today? No, I'm just tired. Oh, you work tomorrow? Yeah. Boo. Yeah, agreed. I'd really rather not. It's a fucked up schedule you have, dude. But you get off hella early. <laughs> I do. So it's nice because I have time to do activities. But so many activities. usually on Tuesdays, as soon as I'm off work, I kind of just go home and do nothing and just get in bed. So I'm in bed at like 11 o'clock and I stay there until the next morning, pretty much. I'm like, I'm tired. All right. Well, yeah. shit. Are we recording? Yeah. Of course we are. Yeah. Welcome to Ghost and Hoes. Ghost and Hoes. <laughs> that was pitiful. I'm sorry you caught me mid yawn, and then it just made me want to yawn even more. Oh fuck, Ghost and Hoes. Ghost and Hoes. Paranormal podcast where we talk about all things spoopy. Mm-hmm. Motherfucking aliens. Yeah, we did that. Motherfucking witchcraft. Also, yes. Murder most foul. Definitely. Um, Dicks, occasionally. Tattoos. We talk about tattoos. A lot of the time. Food. Oh, (laughs) speaking of which part? Would dicks, tattoos, or food? Food, food, food. Because I got tattoos today. Oh, these are a few of my favorite things: dicks, tattoos, and foods. Dad, yeah, Uh, yeah. So I, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. It's like um, it's like top top six or seven favorite things. To, Just imagine me twirling on a mountaintop singing about it. You, you know? know? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Two things. Go on. Two things. My aunt started listening to the show and she's like, it's fucking hilarious, which thank you. You're correct. Uh, she almost died laughing at the chip challenge. <laughs> and she was like, I I'm gonna I'm gonna buy these pickles and I want you guys to try them. Because they're super yes. hot pickles. Yeah, they're like really spicy pickles. And so And I do love pickles. I those, do too. Those will be much hotter. <laughs> and I will tell you why. Because of the liquid? The acid. Yes. yes. The liquid. That that shit's gonna cover your whole mouth. I'm ready. The whole mouth. I'm ready the whole mouth. Not just the tongue and a little bit of the lips. Well, are we talking like a whole pickle? I mean, are we going to deep throat these things? Either What's way, happening? I don't know. You, you she just into, told me that they're spicy pickles. I'm like, I'm here that for pickle, it. It's gonna, it's gonna juice all over your mouth. Ew. Ah. <laughs> so it's gonna get up in your shit. Woo! I'm a little too excited for this one. <laughs> it's true. It's I'm true. And then number two. Uh, so you know how I like to go to the Asian supermarket? Sure. Yes. Uh, I was just there. Oh boy. And I. <laughs> I was looking for corn fun. They didn't have any. They were, uh, and I didn't want to go to the other one because it was farther away. And I'm like, I'm already here. And I'll just, uh, it's fine. We'll get corn fun next time. Did you bring more stuff? I, I did. I see a blue bag <laughs> peeking out I of her bag. Too. So, so <laughs> I saw these. And oh, I was like, yeah, but have you ever had Italian red meat flavor? <laughs> so I was like, oh, well, I, I, have, I can't not buy these. Italian red meat Flavor, yeah. Is, is that. that is that the words? That is exactly what it says. Italian red meat flavor. Oh, and boy. I am, I am curious. Oh boy, as am uh, I. One I am friend too. also thought that it said Corn River on the package <laughs> of Corn Fun. Okay. Um, and I was like, I don't know if that's right, but you know what? I'd be excited if that is what it said. Won't you? Why corn wouldn't it? Me a river? It's like the, it's the. Uh, 
the corn industry is Justin Timberlake. Crimey River is Crimey right. River. I can't. Oh, I was going with the, uh, the jazzy. I think she needs an adult. The I jazzy might. lounge song. Why are these so hard? Hey, SMR. Oh. Oh. I caught a, a smell. I did too. That wafted. Oh, no. Hmm. Eh, no, it's not so bad once you put your face in the whole bag. <laughs> are we sure? No, I take it back. It kind of smells like burnt french fries. Actually. Okay. Take one, pass it down. I got my tattoo touched up. Oh, yeah. Oh, it looks good. It looks really good. We got to do one more. I, ha- I have another appointment next month. Do it. It smells like burnt fucking French right? fries. Right? It smells like burnt That's fries. exactly what it smells like. I'm very good at describing things. I'll see you guys. <laughs> the new Justice League, or not Justice League, the new Suicide Squad so fucking good. I've heard it's amazing. I'm only like 40 minutes into it. It's so nice. good. All right, let's do this. It's not bad. They taste like flavorless Lay's. Yeah, they don't really taste like anything. They're kind of thick cut. The smell right. is weird. It's almost like a weak barbecue chip. Yeah. I don't taste anything. It's kind of like someone licked all of the flavoring off of a barbecue, a barbecue chip. chip. One. Usually, sometimes a couple of them. They're not bad. It's just I don't know what I was expecting. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So that was Mystery Chip Corner. Hmm. Yeah, nowhere near as fun as corn fun. No. Corn fun. It's just like a... The funnest It's like a pussy barbecue chip. Yeah, like I just had... Yeah. Like a few of them. Mm -hmm. And it is just really, really weak barbecue. Yeah, Yeah. that's all it tastes like. It's got a weird... uh, It's got a weird, like, before taste... Like when when it's approaching your mouth. Yeah, it's because it's the the weird smell. Like, this is... I like everything in my body was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you should put that in your mouth. Abort mission. Abort mission. No. But yeah, they're just. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's that. See, it those, those let are, down. This is like one of the first times where that's not something that I'll sit here and fucking finish unnoticed. <laughs> right. Oh, I had a key lime pie Kit Kat, but I forgot to bring it. <sighs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. Again, it was 88 cents at the Walmarche. <laughs> I'm sure she'll it. find another one. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm glad they're bringing those here. Have you ever had, have you guys had a green tea Kit Kat? No. no I bet Kat? it's amazing. So I love matcha. I don't. I fucking love it. I do matcha too. ice cream, matcha, mm-hmm. matcha. Matcha, matcha, it. matcha. I don't want it. <laughs> I saw. I know what you did. First, and I was just choosing to ignore first it. First Brady Bunch reference on the board. <laughs> It only took two and a half years. And get out. (laughs) This is now Ghost and Ho. Ghost and Ho. Ghost and Ho. Ghost and Ho. (laughs) I will be your ghost. (laughs) I will be your ghost this evening. That was good. That was delightful. Do Um, we have any backhoes? Yes. Oh, you got a... Th- oh, that's right. The, yeah. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. Part two. Part two. No, no. Part... Um, duh. I mean, we are we are recording early enough. I could go back and do the whole thing again, but please don't make me do that. Oh, I will leave I, and let you guys sit here like I, I've done before. I would leave. <laughs> um, so, first things first, if you've upgraded your pledge on Patreon to $10, please send me a message and let me know. Um... So I can send you your ghost post-it and your magnet, because I know a couple of people have, but I just want to make sure I get everybody all at one time. Which is fucking awesome of you dudes. Thank Mm -hmm. you. Yes. Love Mm -hmm. you a lot. Um, Also, Professor and Jesse H. 
please email me your correct addresses because I sent out your goodies. And then they came back because they said the address was wrong and I got it from Patreon. And you have to enter that address yourself. So figure out your that's shit. You. I'm just kidding. I love you. But yeah, together. just let me know of your, you your correct address yes. and I'll resend your stuff. Um, and, and, and a picture of her boobs. No, no. Not this time. <laughs> but then uh, we got a message on the Instagram. Ooh. And specifically for you. Oh. Okay. It is from, hang on. I, I know. <laughs> I don't know why I got scared for a second. Because, like, oh, I know yeah. if it was something critical, you wouldn't just blast me all over the fucking pod with it. Wouldn't I? No, I wouldn't do that to you. Um, so this is from Devin, and this is the same Devin that's friend has the kitten named Goose. Awesome. Mm. Yeah. So they say, please, oh, please show this to Randall. I just got a notification a few minutes ago, and it killed me, and all that came to my mind was Randall's voice. Hmm. And this, well, now I have to find it, because my phone is haunted and a mess. So <laughs> I will, I will show you. First, and then I will read it okay. to everybody. This is a it's a it's a grinder notification. Oh, I love these in Randall's voice. Even oh, I gotta. <laughs> <laughs> I almost died. I want to read like the whole thing. <laughs> wow, it needs to be done in his voice. That's perfect. So, I, do you want me to read it? Please, by it's oh, it's meant for you. So, nine fifty eight. PM, I'm assuming. Sunday, August 8th. Big country just tapped you. <laughs> Followed by Howdy Handsome. Big country. Big country. Oh my god. He's like, this is the best. He's out there. He's out there. Tapping people. Just just tap, tap, tap a <laughs> Big country. Sending you a howdy from Big Country. <laughs> I want trucker hats. <laughs> I want trucker hats. Let's get the shirts first. Yeah, let's oh, figure that out first. Shit. Did you do the thing I told you to do? Not yet. Oh, shit. Bruh. I know. The weekend was crazy. I know. Uh, so, also, the- soon. That 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 gentleman is in a uh, real good spirits right now. That's so now's, right. Now's a good time to. That hit. is right. Congratulations to Ben Harkins for taking third Congratulations. place. Congratulations! It did real good. That was yeah. the finalists were all they're all great. It was a really really incredible. good show. It was a really good show. Not gonna lie, I was pulling for my girl Diana to be number one, mm-hmm. but she made it real far. I'm real proud. Oh yeah, she, she is. She her semi set was one of the best I've seen in the entire contest throughout every year. Right, she's fucking she, she hilarious. It. I took class with her. Mm. I've known her for a few years mm-hmm. now, and I just adore her. Um, yeah, so much. It was uh, Ben Riley McCarthy and Kelly Ryan, nice. all of which did great fucking jobs. Well done, all y'all. Well, fucking done. Well, fucking done. Yep. Uh, my friend is starting stand up. Okay. And has asked me to help him uh, edit his material. So that's been fun and inspirational because I work on his stuff for a minute and then work on my own. 
which has been actually very helpful. Yeah. Because yeah. I have not done that. So check this out. Um, for anybody who is an aspiring comic out there, uh, a very good friend of mine, I'm not going to mention names, a very, very good friend of mine said that they were working on it so much that they pulled up a YouTube video that was how to write a funny five minutes of stand-up and actually said that they... Was actually helpful? It was helpful. Nice! Wow. So, like, yeah, there's resources out there. Mm -hmm. uh, start with five and go from there. Yep. And you're probably not going to be that funny for the first year or two that you do it. It's true. You probably just won't be. And it's okay. It's That's true. That's how you learn. I also went through... I have a million notes on my phone and I have joke premises in like 90% of the notes that are on my phone. Some of them, I'm like, How, why are you in this area? You mm. shouldn't be here, but who knows? Probably woke up in the middle of the night and was like, write it down. Mm -hmm. um, I was going, I found some the other day I was going through. I'm like, these are actually pretty funny. Good job, me. Now to <laughs> fucking do the rest of the work. But yeah, so that's been something I've been yeah. doing to occupy Get my time. Get out there, bro. I know. I was going to this weekend, but Jesus fucking shit. Balls. Dicks. <laughs> Farts. Buttholes. It, yeah. It just... Bungers. Fucking perenniums. <laughs> Fuck nuts. Yeah, no thanks. No? Just it. Cool with butts and dicks and pussies, but no perenniums? Uh, just an oiled up perineum. Chode venom. Chode venom. Chode venom. That was another thing I was doing this chode weekend. Chode venom? venom? Not chode venom. Making posters. Ah, uh, yes. I saw some yeah. sent, and they were I, fucking amazing. Thank you. Mm -hmm. There's one I have to redo because for some reason it keeps <laughs> saving really blurry and I don't know why. Oh, weird. Yeah, but I've been doing that. So always, as always, uh, if you have a favorite quote uh, that's not already been made into one of those dumb posters, let me know and I'll make it. We should get like... You should pull the Patreon people for like top three mm -hmm. and then print them and send them out. Yeah, I would love to. Add that Add that into like the next tier. Mm -hmm. Ooh, it's the plan. It is, it is a plan. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. <clears throat> Business. Um, what else? <clears throat> I don't know. Backhoes. Did we do that's, them? We did them. That's all I had. Oh, okay. That's all I had. I think too. I thought you were going to mention something when I started talking about food. Uh, I was going to mention gone? that I, I got my tattoo touched up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Justice League. There's a very funny quote from there that I can't get out of my head. It's oh, Suicide Squad? Yeah. Yes. It was a Jesus Christ. I knew what you meant. Thank you. You're welcome. Anyway. You know, I have to watch that soon. I've heard very, very good things. I might finish it today. John Cena's wonderful in it. Nice. Unexpectedly. Very, very funny. I mean, I do love Peter Capaldi. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I love him so. And I always fuck up his last name. Uh, David Desmolchin? For sure. He's Polka Dot Man. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He needs he to be in also, more things. God, he was in something else kind of he recently was in, where he's super gross and weird. I know he was in Ant Man. I remember him playing like right? almost like in Harry yeah. Potter. Was he in Harry Potter? No, I don't think so. I remember him playing like some very snivelly dude who was hiding something and like covering his face. I can't remember what the fuck it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We'll figure it out. Polka Dot Man's great. Love him. Well, dude. Yeah. You go first. I go first. And I know you're I mean, eternally I, procrastinating because it's going to yeah, be fucking awful. horrible. I mean, technically, so, you go first, but I will go first. Oh, I do? You do, because I went first last time. Oh, okay. Well, then but, I'll go first, and you can end it on a super fucking bummer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think anybody wants that. But. So, well, I mean, my story's not <clears throat> super great, mm, but it's not like that. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, today, guys, just grab a fucking drink, 
Grab your Froyo. Grab your buddy. Grab your your whoopee. Your corn fun. Your corn fun. Your corn holes. Don't grab your corn holes, or at least don't <laughs> tell me about it. I don't need to know your your that's, cocktails. That's none of my business. Your wine and uh, buckle the fuck up. Yeah, boy. So, right this moment, mm-hmm. I am going to cover the unsolved murder of Caitlin Arquette. Okay. So, shortly before midnight on July sixteenth, nineteen eighty nine. Lois Duncan received a phone call that no parent ever wants to get. Her 18-year-old daughter, Caitlin, was in the hospital. There had been an accident. Lois initially expected her daughter had been in a car accident, but instead, when she got the call from police, they told her that while driving, Caitlin had been shot in the head with two bullets. Ah! Now, before I go into the rest of the story, if the name Lois Duncan in any way sounds familiar to you... I was going to say, she's an author. That would be because Lois was, and she died in 2016, which is why I say was, but I will get there. She was a horror and suspense writer. I own many of her books. Several of her novels, including Hotel for Dogs, Summer of Fear, Killing Mr. Griffin, and a little one called I Know What You Did Last Summer. Yep. I thought real quick that you said she was a whore. Mm. Horror. And a suspense writer. I was like, wow, that's a... That's a way to get into it. I mean, it sounds, (laughs) yes. Uh, Have been adapted into movies, and uh, one of them in particular, I'm sure y'all know pretty well. So her writing career changed dramatically in 1992 when she released a book titled Who Killed My Daughter, which explored the murder of her daughter, Caitlin. And this case first aired on the January 27th, 1993 episode of Unsolved Mysteries. My fave. So, Caitlin Arquette graduated from high school June 14th, 1989. She had been accepted to the University of New Mexico, and she and her family lived in Albuquerque. Caitlin planned to attend medical school one day, but that would unfortunately never happen. Shortly after graduation, she moved into an apartment with her boyfriend, Dung. <laughs> what did you just say to me? <laughs> Dung. So here's the thing. Okay. There are so many times in this story that I could have said he, or I could have referenced her boyfriend, but I didn't. I'm going to say Dung a lot. All right. So she and Dung moved into an apartment that he supposedly paid for with some insurance money that he had come into. Okay. So Dung was 27 years old, eight years older than Caitlin, but she fibbed and told her parents that he was just 22. Oh, only boy. only four years older. Uh, however, they liked him well enough and felt that he was a decent enough dude. Six weeks later, on the afternoon of July 16th, Caitlin told Lois that she and Dung had been having problems ever since they moved in together and that she planned on breaking up with him and asked Lois to lie about her whereabouts if Dung called and say she went to go hang out with a girlfriend, but she didn't want her mom to tell him where she was. So Caitlin was extremely upset and crying about Dung when she went to see her friend Sharon around 9.45 p.m. that night. Caitlin told Sharon that she did not want to go back to her apartment and asked Sharon to call and see if Dung was home. He never answered any of the multiple calls that Sharon made that night, leading the girls to believe that he wasn't home. 
So Caitlin left around 1045 and was going to go stay at her parents' house for the night just in case. Caitlin was driving headed east on Lomas Road in Albuquerque towards Lois's house. When she reached an intersection, another car pulled up next to her, shot her twice in the head. Her car then drifted and crashed into a light pole. That's the official story that the police give. Yeah. Yeah. When the authorities arrived, Caitlin was rushed to a nearby hospital where she fell into a coma. Lois and her husband, now at the hospital after initially being called by the police in the beginning of the story, were told that Caitlin had been a victim of a, a random drive-by shooting. But being the mystery writer that she was, Lois refused to believe it. She knew that there was something more. At 5 a.m. that morning, because it was after midnight, the police went to the apartment that she shared with Dung. He was home alone and uh, told the police that he was totally unaware of the shooting. He had no idea where she was. Dung told the police that he had been out with friends the previous night, hanging out, just doing various dude shit. And on a table, one of the investigators found a note that Caitlin had written to Dung telling him that she would be home at a certain time, which clearly she was not. Yep. Dung told investigators that they had argued, but that he was unaware that she may have wanted him to leave or that she wanted to break mm -hmm. up. And he later joined her parents at the hospital, and then Caitlin passed away from her injuries 24 hours later. <clears throat> the devil's in my throat. Okay. <clears throat> After a six-month investigation, the police concluded that Caitlin Arquette had been the victim of a random act of violence. But guess who wasn't buying that shit? Miss Lois Duncan. She was having none of it and had her own investigation going. See, the day after Caitlin was murdered, her friends informed Lois that their daughter's boyfriend, Dung, was actually a member of an Asian organized crime ring and that Caitlin knew information that could exp expose all of them. Yo. It was heavily suggested that she was murdered to keep her quiet. The information to which Caitlin was privy revolved around insurance fraud. See, Dung and his homies would steal cars and stage accidents in order to claim insurance money. And Caitlin knew and had witnessed and been involved in one particular event. <clears throat> Lois was not going to give up on finding her daughter's killer. And throughout her investigation, Lois found that three phone calls had been made from Caitlin and Dung's apartment the night she died. You don't want water or anything? No. Nope. I am good, thank you. And one of these was to a paralegal in Orange County. This will come up again later. Lois hired a private investigator named Pat Caristo to aid her in her investigation, and he found evidence that Caitlin had been very afraid of Dung's gang friends, and he also found evidence that concluded that the note she supposedly left for Dung the night of her murder had been forged and didn't match any of her handwriting. Ooh. Not even remotely. Not even one of those where, you know, we poo-poo handwriting a lot of times. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even remotely yeah. the same. <clears throat> so Lois looked into possible hitmen and dirty cops who might have covered up the crime. She even talked to other gangs and gang members trying to uncover the truth of Caitlin's murder. No matter what stood in her way, Lois was determined to find justice for her daughter. She would later say about the case, In dreams, Caitlin tells me, don't give up, mother. Lois would then say, it's not a matter of revenge. It's a matter of Kate being worth the truth. 
So after the six months when the police were like, yeah, it's random act of violence. Well, an informant led the Albuquerque Police Department to a man named Robert Garcia. He identified three men as being involved in her murder and had also said that he had actually been in the car with them and that she was just shot on a dare. Oh. So based on his testimony, the police arrested Dennis Martinez, Juvenal Escobedo, and Miguel Garcia, no relation to Robert. And according to Robert, Miguel was the trigger man. Um, police discovered that Juvenal had recently sold his car, a brown Chevy Camaro, which they connected to an eyewitness who claimed that he had seen a brown Chevy Camaro chasing a young woman in her car the night of Caitlin's murder. And this occurred an hour before Caitlin was killed, it was reported. Ew. So they were all arrested and charged with her murder. However, yeah. the charges were later dropped after it was discovered that Robert was a big fat fucking liar and had actually been in jail at the time of the murder ah. and was just trying to pin it on these dudes for whatever reason. So after this lead didn't pan out, investigators re-questioned Caitlin's boyfriend. Don't know why they didn't go there. I mean, they did, but like, really, guys? And he finally admitted to being involved in an insurance scam, and he gave up 20 other members of the crime ring. Oh, boy. Snitches get stitches, dung. Yeah. Snitches yeah. get stitches. Remember that. So the police, however, for whatever fucking reason, didn't consider him a suspect in her murder. But Caitlin's family was still convinced that it was not a random act of violence and that he in some way was. So the conclusion that Lois came to through her investigation was that Caitlin was killed by members of the Vietnamese gang that her and Dung had, well, that Dung had been involved with. Yeah. So two months before her murder, Caitlin and Dung took a trip to Southern California. During this time, she got involved in a car insurance scam with Dung. Caitlin's sister had found out that Dung had staged an accident and that he had used a car that Caitlin had rented with Lois's credit card. Hmm. So the accident was allegedly, allegedly orchestrated by an organization comprised of powerful members of Southern California's Vietnamese organized crime community. And everyone involved in the accident said they had soft tissue injuries that were later treated by a doctor who was also involved in the organization and a paralegal working out of or an Orange County law office that handled the insurance claims. The same paralegal that the phone call from her apartment the night she died was made to. So Caitlin and Dung were given $1,500 for their part in the scam, and they used that money for their new apartment. Hmm. So Lois believes that since Caitlin was wanting to break up with Dung, the other game... <coughs> Why? Why? It's the chip. <laughs> it's the chip. The I, chip is coating my throat. Fair. It's the weird red meat powder flavor. The, the it's all thought thick in there, and I don't like it. Uh, like orange juice spit. Yeah. Why does that happen? I don't know, but I'm chugging a truly about it. Gross. I mean, yeah. I don't think that's going to help. I feel like that is going to make it <clears throat> worse. I don't know. Anyway, so... Where was I? Okay. So she thought, Lois thought that the other gang members thought that Caitlin would go to the police. So Lois believed that they had her silenced. 
Pat Caristo spoke to Caitlin's landlord who said that he believed that she was afraid of Dung's friends and that they only spoke Vietnamese around her and often made fun of her. Rude. The landlord also claimed that three of Dung's friends were in their apartment on the night of July 17th around the time that Caitlin was murdered. However, the Albuquerque police still, for whatever fucking reason, did not believe that the Vietnamese crime organization or Dung were involved in her murder. Hmm. They stuck to their theory that her murder was a random act of violence. I don't agree. Right. So, unfortunately, Lois Duncan would never find the truth before her death. On June 15th, 2016, at the age of 82, Duncan died at her home in Bradenton, Florida, of undisclosed causes. Her husband, Donald Arquette Sr., said that Lois had suffered a series of strokes in the years prior. And although Caitlin's case remains unsolved, before Lois's death, Pat Caristo discovered that a man named Paul Apodaca was found standing next to Caitlin's car when the police arrived at the scene, driving a gray Volkswagen Beetle. His information was taken down, but he was allowed to leave. He was also never interviewed by the police about the case, which was fucking shocking, considering he had an extensive criminal history with multiple convictions of attacking women. So, a few years after Caitlin's murder, he was convicted of raping a young family member. And it's not known if he was involved or had any connection to Caitlin's death, but it's still suspect and highly fucking questionable. Amen. So the private investigator also discovered that Caitlin's car had been hit by at least one vehicle before it crashed into the light pole. Yeah. See, as evidenced by the damage to the left rear bumper and the side panel, there had to have been more than one car involved. Now, it's not known why the police investigators did not release this information unless it's as low as suspected and that the police department was involved in a cover-up. Potentially being paid off by the crime ring. I don't know. But in 2003, a cold case squad investigating the case determined that she had been shot after she hit the light pole, which was based on the accuracy of the shots which suggested that they were fired at close range and on a non-moving target. There's no way those shots could have been made from a moving vehicle into a moving vehicle. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The science. Science. Is there. So although Lois died without solving her daughter's murder, Carrie Arquette, Caitlin's older sister and a Denver criminologist, uh, has taken up where her mother left off. And every July, she heads to New Mexico to leave flowers on her sister's grave and have a chat with the Albuquerque PD. And the statements she receives are usually the same. Uh, The 2019 one was, The case has been worked on by many cold case detectives throughout the years. The case remains active in a status of pending further leads. And as those leads become available, they are investigated. While it has been 30 years since this murder, detectives do not give up. They are committed to finding justice for victims and their families. So that was the 2019 statement she got from APD spokesman Gilbert Gallegos. Arquette, not surprised by the response, said she still holds out hope for a conclusion. She said, all it takes is one good witness to come forward, one good person in the APD. But 
While things appear cold locally there in New Mexico, Caitlin's case appears to be heating up nationally. A documentary is in the works. And Arquette presented her sister's case at the National Mensa Convention in uh, July of 2019. And she presented the case to Nancy Grace at CrimeCon. And the case will also be featured in an anthology by true crime author Denny Griffin and is being reviewed by the Cold Case Investigation Research Institute. Ooh. Yes. And that is the story of the unsolved murder of Caitlin Arquette. Oh, I did not know about that one. Right? I did not know that. I, Like I said, I've owned and read many of Lois Duncan's books right. throughout my life. I own a ton of them now. Right. Um, yeah, it's a goal of mine to own every point horror book made before 2000. There you go. I'm so, making my way yeah, downtown. In, so interessante, huh? Very. Right. That is absolutely bonkers. Uh-huh. And speaking of CrimeCon, I did, in fact, submit our show to be guests at the next one in Vegas next year. Hells to the yes. Yep. I mean, fun. haven't heard anything back yet because literally just happened. Um, and I think submissions close at the end of this month. So probably September, October then. Yeah. Yeah. So because it takes place in May. Oh, bueno. Yeah. I, or the end of I think it's like the last day of April and the first couple days of May. Bueno. Yeah. So I mean, if you really feel like it, if you're on Twitter or Facebook or whatever, you know, just go. Um, Pester those people and be like, hey, hey. We need them there. Hey. We need hey. we need the ghosts and hoes there. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, uh, my sources are uh, wickedhorror.com, Amanda Tulos, many a wiki. Always. Albuquerque Journal, Jolene Gutierrez Kruger, unsolvedmysteries.fandom.com. My favorite website of all time. And newsweek.com, Kelly Wynn. Excellent. I went outside to get my dog's food out of the car because I left it in there from earlier today. Mm-hmm. Now, to give you a little bit of context for the next part, last night when we left uh, Fixin' 2 after the finals, mm-hmm. I noticed that my passenger side mirror was shattered. Oh. oh! Last time that happened, a, I just assumed that a biker came along, accidentally hit it with his handlebar. Deed is done. Yeah. So I was like, oh, well, that sucks. And I went out there today and noticed that there's a whole ass scrape dent on the passenger door. Oh, no. Car? Indicating that I got sideswiped while yeah. parked. Ooh. So. Buddy, I'm sorry. That blows. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I'm just riding around without any molding slash trim on my windshield because it's on back order. <laughs> so it just looks real gross right now. I don't know if insurance will cover me for any of it, but I'll give them a call. Give, give it a shot. You never know. Yeah. <sighs> well, we all know what you have. We so. all know what's happening. We all know what's happening. We're gonna we're gonna round this out with with real real this, sorry this about it. He guy. was not a good looking man. Not really. Not even a little. No. No. He, he's he looks looks like Richard Ramirez with better teeth. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, that's exactly. But what I feel like Richard Ramirez, when he got his teeth fixed, is horrifically better looking than Rodney Alcala. Yeah. That's exactly what he reminds me of. Though. But yeah, it's a, a real, very RR look to him. I can't yeah. remember. Oh man, I'm sorry, but somebody 
said that Stop it. she and her husband uh, call him the banana after seeing that clip that I posted on Instagram. They call Alcala the banana? Yeah. Did you not see that clip? Of what? The dating game. Oh, 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 oh. I've seen it before. Yeah, but she, I don't. Um, Cheryl, the bachelorette, was saying that she was going to be making dinner. And what would he be called if she were serving him as a food? And he said, I am the banana. Ew. Yeah, and I look really good. And then she's like, could you be more descriptive? And he just said, peel me. And I'm like, ah. Yeah. Yuck. You gross. gross bastard. And it only gets worse. Yay. Why don't you tell us how? <sighs> okay. Pull the microphone down a little bit. No, I don't want to. I want you to. I don't want to. Mm. It doesn't want it doesn't want to. There it oh, goes. Okay. Uh so left off on the dating game. And yeah, Cheryl's like, absolutely, I can't do it. He's too fucking creepy. I'm out. And I think the last thing I mentioned was that I'm pretty sure if she had gone on that date, she would have been his next victim. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Without a doubt. So picking up in February of 1979, uh, Alcala beat and raped 15 year old Monique Hoyt while she was posing for him. Uh, four months later, he murdered 21-year-old Jill Parenteau after breaking to her Burbank apartment. She was also beaten, raped, and strangled with either a cord or a pair of nylons. Jesus. Uh, he left her naked body on the floor, leaned up against her pillows. Uh, when he fled the apartment, he happened to cut himself on some glass while climbing out of a window, leaving a little uh, bit of blood behind. Okay, mm-hmm. here we go. The beginning of the end. Beginning of the end. Uh, due to his rare blood type, I couldn't find out what it was, but... There's like four. Right. So, <laughs> one of those. Yeah. One of those. It's like A negative, any of the double O's. The R. There's an R? What blood type do you have? The I'm A negative. A negative. Yeah, I'm A negative too. Oh, we have alien blood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. cuties. Yeah. Uh, cuties in your weird blood. Yeah. So it's one of it's one of those. I just couldn't find out specifically which one it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because of his rare blood type, police were eventually able to link the crime to him. Uh, but not soon enough, because for one final time, looks like a witch. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. When he got when he was old, I'll get to something eventually where you're just like, ooh, like pictures of him recently, because mm-hmm. that's not very recent. Um, anyway, um, rare blood type, they didn't get it soon enough, and one final time, I'm going to remind you that this is about to be real bad. I mean, it's all bad. All bad. They, this they, one... They tend to get the most sadistic right before they're caught. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, like, everything he's done... Is horrible. Is all bad. Yeah. This one, uh, also really fucking bad. So... Let's go. Alcala's final victim was 12-year-old Robin Samso oh, of Huntington Beach. Okay. Yep. Yeah. It, that should be enough of how terrible it is. But I promise you, it's, it's worse. So she was the baby of the Samso family, and her older brothers, Tim and Robert, adored her. Uh, Tim would share that Robin was the glue to the family. And according to Robert, his little sister loved ballet. She loved dancing. She loved gymnastics. She was my best friend. Yeah, it's bad. It's really upsetting. Uh, I think her name is Taran Mays. She was um, Robin's older sister. 
She said she always had a spirit about her. I mean, everybody that met her fell in love with her. On June 20th, 1979, Robin and her best friend, Bridget Wilvert, uh, headed to the beach for a cartwheel competition like a couple of sweet, precious baby angels. A cartwheel competition. That's adorable. I know. So, Bridget recounted that day to CBS News correspondent Harold Dow, saying, I could definitely see a gentleman with dark hair. He honed in on us like a shark in the water, honing in on a seal. Uh, He goes, can I take your girl's picture? I'm, you know, in a photography class or a photo contest. And Robin goes, sure. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pops up Jackie Young, my neighbor. She goes, Bridget, is everything okay? Are you girls all right? And man, he took that camera, turned his head down, and you could almost see, like, smoke coming off his dress shoes. He was just gone. Robin had thrown her beach towel and everything into her bag. And she's like, well, I got to get going. And I go, well, take my bike. Uh, Take my bike. It's right downstairs. Take my bike and don't stop. Oh, shit. Yeah, because Robin, um, I forgot to write it down, but she was excited to go to ballet class that evening because she was going to be answering phones to get uh, free lessons. Mm -hmm. So it was her first day having like a quote-unquote job at 12 years old. And so um, after Bridget told her to take her bike, Robin headed towards her ballet studio, which would make it the last time anyone would see her alive. Uh, Her teacher later called her parents to let her know that she'd never made it to class, and they immediately called the police. Uh, Her family and friends would spend the next 12 days searching and hoping to find her. Uh, Police interviewed Bridget, who told them, It was the man, that man that took our picture. I really was the only person that could tell you the exact color of his eyes, the height of his cheekbones, the color of his skin, just every detail. Damn. Uh, And he had also, earlier in the day... um, tried to like solicit photos from another couple of teenage girls they were a little older i want to say they were like between 15 and 17 and so late when this happened they were like hey that fucking guy stopped us too right um so unfortunately when investigators showed up at the samso house on july 2nd 1979 it was the worst news imaginable robin had been murdered Uh, her remains were discovered by a park ranger in the sierra madres Marianne, Robin's mother, told Harold Dow about her reaction when the police showed up. I said, let's go see her. He said, we can't do that. I said, that's my baby. Of course I can see her. Why not? He said, because it took us three days to identify her. I said, what's wrong with you people? How many little girls with long blonde hair disappear that it took you three days? He shook his shoulders and the tears were coming down his face too. He says, there was no hair. What the fucking fuck? (sighs) So her body had been left in a ravine, exposed to the elements, and had been ravaged by wild animals. An official cause of death was unable to be determined due to the state of decomposition and the animal interference, but it was clear someone was responsible for her death. Uh, Her teeth had been fractured, which was consistent with a blow to the mouth. Uh, None of her clothing was found except for one of her tennis shoes. A kitchen knife with some blood on it was found near her body, but there wasn't enough to test. Uh, Investigators were able to collect blood-spattered leaves, soil, and rocks from the area, as well as Robin's beach towel, which was about a mile away from her body. Uh, The balled-up towel had dried blood on it from what looked like someone trying to wipe a bloody instrument, like a knife, Mm -hmm. off on it. Uh, Blood samples taken from the items found in the vicinity of the remains were tested against the bone marrow extracted from the skeleton— Oh, Jesus. Twelve. Fucking this was 12 fuck. days 
her body was out there. Animals. Yeah. And it was also the summer. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. In the Sierra Madres. Yep. So. Um, so many things. So they tested the blood against the bone marrow they had extracted from her skeleton, which confirmed the body belonged to Robin Samso. Uh, in court, prosecutor Gina Satriano described the scene, saying Robin's head was separated from the rest of her body. Both her hands were missing. Her front teeth were cracked. And just because it says that her head was separated from her body doesn't mean that she had been decapitated, by the way. It could have very easily been because animals. of the decomposition and animals. Uh, and animals moving things around. Yeah, they tend to drag heads away. Yeah. That's why it's like any time I've ever found a deer carcass, the head's not there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found an entire baby deer carcass like intact just laying there like you could see it hooves and all heads gone Mm. yeah so just throwing that out there it's awful enough as it is um also i just want to point out that uh dana crappa which hilarious (laughs) name by the way uh she was a forest service employee she had seen a man, matching Alcala's description, manhandling a little blonde girl and pushing her towards a dry stream bed on that day, and she didn't say anything. Manhandling? Uh-huh. You know, if you'd use a word like manhandle to describe what happened, maybe do something. Yeah. Uh, she also kept quiet when she found human remains in the area. Jesus. And she's a park ranger? Uh-huh. Uh, She's an asshole. Oh, she doesn't get any better. It wasn't until a co-worker jokingly threw a bone at her, thinking it belonged to a deer, uh, when she revealed that they were human bones. Her co-worker called and reported it to the police. And this was... Days, if not weeks. Twelve days. Don Crappa, is that her name? Uh Uh-huh. Guess who's going on the fuck you list today? There it is. Yep. More than fair. But because, like, Dana, what the fuck, dude? Dana? Don? What's her name? Dana. Dana? Dana. Dana Crappa? Yeah. Fuck that bitch, dude. It's... Oh, yeah, there's... Man, that's all this guy. Yeah, man, she man, saw like him... Girl. She saw him multiple times. Like, tw- at least twice she saw him. Do you know how fucking fast I would have some shit to say about that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It blows my fucking mind. It should. And uh, don't just put a pin in Dana because we'll come back to her in a minute. Need to refill my water. I am mad. <laughs> you you should gonna be mad. take it? Like I am angry. I need to drink a water about it. No, seriously. Like same though. Do you ever see? And you know, I know. Like a lot of these things are staged. Obviously, it's like I'll see these videos sometimes where they are staging it, where, yeah. you know, there's a kid walking, someone comes and just snatches yeah, them. Yeah, like and, a recreation yes, of sorts. Just to see what people do. Yeah. It is fucking appalling to me, the amount of yeah. people that do nothing. It's like the bystander effect, isn't it? They do nothing, and I just don't understand it. No idea. But yeah, I. this was in like an actual, um, a lot of this information came from um, actual like court documents that i found Damn. i was like oh boy and it uh, doesn't get better like yeah. i said we'll come back to her in a little bit dana crappa fuck her agreed Cunt. um so thanks to bridget wilbert and jackie young a composite sketch was created of the man they'd seen at the beach and thus robin suspected killer mm-hmm. i'll call his former parole officer saw it and according to da murphy who i mentioned earlier in the story uh, 
the parole officer acted immediately, saying uh, his parole officer saw that and called the detectives and said, look, there's a guy that used to be on my caseload. You really need to take a look at him. His name is Rodney Alcala. So, yeah, his former parole officer was like, I fucking know that guy. And, yeah, this tracks. This, this, this checks out. Yeah. So police didn't have to look far to find him. As he was living in his living with his mother in Montgomery Park, or Monterey Park, I'm sorry, Monterey Park, which was very close to where Robin Samso's remains were found. And get this. He had a girlfriend. Oh, good. An actual human woman willingly dated him. Wow. Uh, yeah. 22-year-old Elizabeth Beth Keller uh, had met Alcala in the spring of that year and said that they had both shared an interest in photography. Uh, she shared that she had seen Alcala's portfolio and said, I saw a lot of pictures of girls, uh, young girls, I'd say probably from 12, 13 to probably about the 30s. They didn't bother me. Ma'am? Huh? Beth? Huh? B-Money. Elizabeth? Huh? E-Money. Elizabeth Keller? E-K-Money. Huh? What the fuck? What the fucking fuck? Yeah, they, they didn't bother her, I guess. I these photos of people. underaged girls. I don't either. And she also can be on the fuck you list because uh, I'll get there in a minute. So according to the murder squad, Alcala told his girlfriend that he was going to Dallas because he was thinking about opening a photo studio there. Well, guess where he wasn't? <laughs> Dallas. Dallas. Nope. Uh, he was actually in Seattle renting a storage unit. Uh, when he returned to L.A., he told Beth that he was moving to Dallas, but told other friends that he was moving to Chicago. Huh. Uh, before he could slip away again, police obtained a warrant to search his home and car for evidence. And once they'd collected all of the necessary evidence from Alcala's place, he was arrested and booked on the suspicion of murdering Robin Samso on July 24th, 1979. What, you mean the fucking pedo... Pervy serial killer now, can't remember, be trusted. <laughs> some of that information was not known until right his later court date, because again, the way it looked on paper was not. I mean, it was still god awful. It was child uh -huh. molestation, but it wasn't attempted murder and rape of an eight-year-old child. Right, it wasn't that. So, at this point, nobody really knew how terrible it was about. To it get. was about to get. Yeah. But, oh boy. So, July 24th, taken to jail. The following day, Sergeant Ed McAirlin, I think is his name, uh, of the Huntington Beach Police Department was alerted to a suspicious phone call between Alcala and his sister, Christine. Uh, he went out to Alcala's mother's home, where Christine was also staying, and questioned the women about Alcala's whereabouts on certain days, but they both provided alibis, saying that he was with them. Guess what? Police knew that they were lying because wow. Alcala had been seen out and about very much without either one of those women. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the police went back later that same day to search for more evidence and came up with a receipt for a storage locker in Seattle. A warrant was obtained to search the unit and officers hopped on the next flight out to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, they searched the unit for three hours and came up with some absolutely bone-chilling discoveries. Oh, God. Uh, a bag full of personal items suspected to belong to his victims, mm -hmm. which included earrings that would later be identified as Robin Samso's and Charlotte Lamb's, uh, a box labeled Ode to New York by John Berger, 
which had photos and negatives inside, and more boxes of photos. They left the storage unit with over 1,700 photos of mostly unknown women and girls and a handful of boys. Over 1,700 photos. Wow. That's a lot. Keep that in mind Mm, because it will come back. Okay. And it will explain why I called the discovery bone chilling. Uh, so former detective Stephen Mack shared his thoughts on the findings, saying, I, ab- or I have absolutely no doubt that there are other victims. A couple of weeks ago, I heard someone say it's 150, but I don't think it's that high. I think it would be double digits, though. In 2010, the Huntington Beach Police Department released 120 of the photos in the hopes of identifying the people in them. Some women came forward and said, hey, that's me. Uh, There are still hundreds of unidentified people in these photos, and KPCC Southern California Public Radio has a Flickr account with two pages worth of photos that Alcala had taken, so please go take a look, especially if you or someone you know happened to be in California or New York at the time. I mean, fuck, I was. No, you were not born yet. 2010 is when they released them. They were from... 79 earlier, Mm. like the 60s to the 70s. 10 years too late. 10 years too late, but your mom might know somebody. She probably would not have been there either. Oh. No, she was Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Well, East Coast, he was out there too. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, if you happen to be there at the time, 110 photos of the 120 they posted are still unidentified. Wow. So only 10 people came forward to say, hey, oh, that's me. Well, I'm alive. Some of the ten. There are a couple that I will I will come back okay. to. Um, if you have any information, contact the Huntington Beach Police Department, uh, Sergeant Sam Shepard at 714-536-5947. And yes. I will post that as well. I miss that area code. <laughs> Uh, So following the discovery of what was in Alcala's storage locker, he was charged, tried, convicted, and sentenced to death for the murder of Robin Samso in 1980. But because this is ghosts and hoes, we know things never go that smoothly in American courts. Nah, this isn't Pakistan. There is no Pakistani justice in this story. So Alcala managed to escape the gas chamber, which... Jesus, fuck, remember the gas chamber when that was the thing that people were sentenced yep. to die in? Is that gone? Yeah. As far um, as I know, they don't do that anymore. Um, huh. So Now we just inject people? Even then. If it's, anything. There's a whole remember, thing. Remember um, when I said that Richard Ramirez would have died on death row anyway? Even yeah. though he, just because of all of the appeals, oh, just... Yeah. A more legal red tape fuckery is why. So it's, it's, yeah. And a lot of, I think it was California commuted all life or all death sentences to life in prison. Yeah. Oh, in, I want to yeah, say, two, there's not, there's I want to no, say in like 2009. Capital justice is not a thing in California. No. Huh. It is not. So Alcala managed to escape the gas chamber. Uh, when the California Supreme Court overturned the conviction in 1984 due to the jurors being, and this is a quote from some of the court paperwork, uh, due to the jurors being improperly informed of Alcala's prior sex crimes. What does that mean? 
Well, apparently the jurors had been told about his previous convictions, and I'm assuming that was Tali Shapiro specifically. Right. Before the trial began, which is a gargantuan no-no. Yeah, because then they're biased. Exactly. So but they But still, he deserves it. That is not the that is not the point. Yeah, it's not Unfortunately. How the I don't Should. I don't disagree, but that is not that is you not and how I it works. need to have a talk. <laughs> <laughs> that is not that is not how that works. Um so he was tried again for Samso's murder in 1986 and was convicted and sentenced to death again. This conviction was also overturned by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in 2001 due to a technicality related to Dana Crappa's testimony in the first trial and how it was used in her absence during the second trial. Fuck you, Dana. For fuck's sake, U.S. legal system, get your shit together already. Fuck you, Dana. And Dana especially. Yeah, it was a whole ordeal with her because she testified in court for the first trial, and she was not in court for the second trial. They used her testimony without her being there and, I guess, expanded on it without her actually being the one to do it. And they're like, ah, can't do that. Overturned one more time. It was great. Oh, and uh, while incarcerated, Alcala wrote a book called You the Jury, which came out in 1994 and is just 368 pages of incoherent babbling about his innocence. Weird. Yeah. So former detective Stephen Mack had a copy at one point and shared, I had a conversation with him once, and he's got a high IQ according to everyone, but I don't think he's as smart as he thinks he is. He wrote a book called You the Jury, and I read it, or tried to. And it made absolutely no sense. It was just a lot of rambling. He's not insane. It was just pure sexual deviancy and pleasure that drove him. Now, you all know how much I hate talking about court proceedings because they're generally boring and infuriating. Yes. Today, though, I'll touch on Alcala's final trial because holy shit, what the fuck? It's infuriating to me. It should be. So his third and final trial took place in 2010, but this time it was much different. Back in 2003, it was discovered that Alcala's DNA matched semen found at two rape and murder scenes, and more DNA linked him to two more cold cases. Okay, so that's four. These four were Jill Barcombe, Georgia Wickstead, Charlotte Lamb, and Jill Parento. A petition to add these women's murders to his charges for the murder of Robin Samso. And um, so they were like, uh, hey, we found this. Can we just maybe tack these four on to Robin Samso's trial? Right. Um, and despite objections from Alcala's attorneys, obviously, the California Supreme Court ruled in the prosecution's favor in 2006. The trial began in February of 2010, only this time Alcala took a page out of that turd Ted Bundy's book and decided to act as his own defense. Oh, for fuck's sake. (laughs) When I tell you it sounds absolutely unhinged, I mean it because it fucking was. Wow. Um, Just a couple examples of how fucking bananas this was. Um... He would lower his voice when playing the part of the lawyer. Uh, He referred to himself as Mr. Alcala and even called witnesses to the stand to interrogate or question them. 
Uh, at one point, huh. he called Robin Samso's Robin Samso's mother, Marianne Connolly, to the stand, and she almost shot him. <laughs> That's but, amazing. I mean, cackle now, but then it's going to be really sad in a second when I tell you what her mother said. Oh no! Yeah. Um. So she Wait, did. Mama have a gun in court? She did. Bless her. She fucking heart. did. Um. She almost shot him, but she stopped when she felt Robin's presence with her on the witness stand. Oh, bless it. She said, that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do in my life, having him ask me questions. I was going to shoot him right between the eyes if I could have gotten a shot at him. All of a sudden, I smelled her shampoo, and I felt this warmth on my hand, and I couldn't get my hand out of my purse. She didn't, oh, bless it. She didn't want her mama to get arrested. Uh-huh. So, Alcala's bullshit continued. He claimed to have been at Knott's Berry Farm for an interview on the day that Robin was murdered, which was an outright lie considering how many people placed him at the beach with Robin that day. Uh, When the subject of Robin's earrings uh, being found in his storage unit, he said that they were his and claimed that he had been wearing gold earrings like that since his appearance on the dating game. And in quite possibly the most unhinged part of all of this, and it's all pretty fucking nuts um he played arlo guthrie's song alice's restaurant which is 18 and a half minutes long by the way i just played that shit in court well i don't know if he played the whole thing or just a clip but the song which as it turns out is a protest against the vietnam war contains the lyrics i want to kill i want to kill i want to see blood and gore and guts and veins in my teeth eat dead burnt bodies i mean kill 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 which jurors definitely heard, and how he thought that was going to help him win his case, I don't fucking know. Was, wow. Sir, what the fuck? Was he trying to plead insanity? I truly, or was he trying to plead not guilty? I truly have no idea. Huh. I truly don't know what his what the point of that was. Because if he's trying to plead insanity, maybe I he was trying to make himself look crazy. Yeah, no, I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I think fucking he was like, douche. yeah. But yeah, he's a fuck, no matter what his reasoning was so uh balls yeah just absolutely why sir also noteworthy in this final trial tally shapiro showed up to testify against alcala yes girl yeah when she was on the stand alcala had the actual audacity to look her in the face and say i sincerely regret and apologize for my despicable actions that day no, you no, don't get the to fuck do that. you don't, no. you piece of shit. You don't get to do that, bruh. Uh, no, Tally would go on to say it should have. And why? Why in the world are there so many other victims when it was a known fact of what he did to me? Which is a really fucking good point. Great question. Uh, he was once again found guilty. This time for the murders of Robin Samso, Jill Barcombe, Georgia Wickstead, Charlotte Lamb, and Jill Parento, and once again, sentenced to death. Of Alcala, D.A. Murphy said nobody was mean to him, he wasn't abused, he had food, there was nothing wrong in that house, he didn't want for anything. The answer is that he has no soul. He was born without a soul. Mm. Uh, Alcala's reign of terror was, and still is, far from over, though. Many cold cases and Jane Doe's have been attributed to him through the years, and some of them have been directly linked to him. Uh, One such case was that of 28-year-old Christine Thornton. In 1977, Christine was six months pregnant and decided to move to Montana with her boyfriend. She left San Antonio and was never heard from again. 
Um, she and her boyfriend had broken up sometime during the move, and it's believed that she encountered Alcala during this trip, uh, or during the trip that his parole officer okayed right. when he went to New York. Right. Um, her remains were discovered by a rancher in April of 1982 in Granger, Wyoming, but she wouldn't be officially identified until 2013. Wow. Um, her sister Kathy saw a photo of Christine in the collection of photos released by the Huntington Beach Police Department. Mm-hmm. She called the police and gave a sample of her own DNA, which matched the remains found in Wyoming. Uh, he was too ill to be extradited to Wyoming and stand trial for Christine's murder, and due to a lack of physical evidence, he wasn't charged with it. But we all know. Right. We all know. Right. Um, another case investigators believe to be Alcala's is the 1977 San Francisco Bay Area murder of 19-year-old Pamela Lamson. Sadly, the evidence was too badly degraded and couldn't be tested, so he wasn't charged. Okay. Um, He's also suspected in the unsolved Washington State murders of 13-year-old Antoinette Whitaker in 1977 and 17-year-old Joyce Gaunt in 1978. Uh, it wasn't until 2011 when the connection to Alcala, um, Ellen Hover, and Cornelia Criley was made, and he was charged and convicted for both murders, and an additional 25 years was added to his sentence. Uh, Ellen Hover and Cornelia Criley are the only murders he ever admitted to. Oh, wow. Just those two. Huh. Mm-hmm. And they weren't even part of his original three trials. Um, I wonder if he thought if he admitted to those two, then I, I, I don't know. Truly cannot yeah. begin to explain what would go on in his disgusting, greasy head. Now, if you think he was a total dick in prison, you would be right. Oh! Uh, He filed two separate suits against the California penal system over the years. One for a slip and fall that resulted in an injury. Stop! And another for failing to provide him with a low-fat diet. What a little bitch. Yeah. Uh, During his final trial, he attempted to sway the jury away from the death penalty again, only this time he didn't play the world's creepiest song. Uh, no, like, just, like, don't sentence me to death. Here's a song about how I like killing, though. What the fuck, dude? Don't you like some Arlo Guthrie? I mean, generally fine, but that? No. (laughs) So many reasons. Um, but this time instead, he said, let me put the death penalty in perspective for you. If you desire to join in the killing of a human being, you and the families of the victims will have to wait at least 15 to 20 years while the case slowly churns through the appellate process, which was unfortunately an accurate assessment. It's true. Um, Especially after the state of California commuted the sentences of those on death row to life in prison. And... While it's not the Pakistani justice he so rightly deserved, 77-year-old Rodney Alcala died of natural causes in a prison hospital on July 24th, 2021. Oh! Exactly 42 years after his final arrest. Wow. Exactly 42 years to the day. Oh, that's crazy. Right? What did he die of? Don't know. Natural causes is all they said. Sure. Um, But... Tali Shapiro weighed in on his death, saying, The planet is a better place without him, that's for sure. It's a long time coming, but he's got his karma. Former OC Deputy DA Matt Murphy had something to say about Alcala's death as well, stating, I'm glad he's dead. Rodney Alcala is a monster, and if there is a hell, he is in the deepest, darkest part of it right now. I heard he had a pacemaker and dementia. I just hope it was painful. 
Damn. And that, my sweet babies, is the horrifying story of Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer. Wow. I just hope it was painful. I I like you, dude. Yeah, I like you. Sources, bro. There are so many. Get them done. Here we go. Uh, Vice.com, Julian Morgans, Flickr.com, ABC7.com, IMDb, NNDB.com. Oh, God, so many things. Uh, Insider.com, Morgan Keith, quote, ev, quote, v.com, suggest a contributor named Quinn. Grunge.com, Amy Beeman, LATimes.com, Paloma Esquivel, WorldCat.org, NewYorkTimes.com, Mosey Secret, great name. Ooh, uh, yes. Michael Levinson and Eduardo Medina, Wikipedia, LAWeekly.com, Christine Pelisek, CBSNews.com, Peter Van Zant, and another article by Guyane Kashishian. Yes. So sorry. Uh, Britannica.com, Biography.com, DailyNews.com, OCRegister.com, Larry Wellborn, Thoughtco.com, Charles Montaldo, Find a Grave, TorontoSun.com, Brad Hunter, MarieClaire.com, Sheila Weller, uh, Cinemaholic.com, Creedy Merotra, ABCNews.go.com, Ali Yang, Amanda Carr and Tim Gorin, CaseLaw.FindLaw.com, TheMurderSquad.com, and The Murder Squad Podcast. TheFamousPeople.com, DailyTelegraph.com.au, Warren Gibbs, AllThat'sInteresting.com, Aaron Kelly and John Karowski, uh, MamODT.ASP.Radford.edu, which was an incredible resource. It was a brilliant timeline put together by Ashley Africa, Ariel Bobrick, and Samantha Huff, CriminalMinds.Fandom.com, CrazyKillers.WordPress.com. Wow. And just, just going to throw it back. To that fucking hateful Hannah that said our research was poor. Suck my dick. Fuck you. Eat my ass. Suck my soul dick. Send me your address. I'll come shit in your freezer and rub my nuts all over your fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, good old nuts. Bob Cranmer treatment. That's fixture nuts. That's fucking Rodney Alcala, guys. That fucking guy. What a bastard. Yeah, I knew when I had first heard about him. I knew that he like. Posed as a photographer. He was a photographer. Sure. I guess. Was he sure. good? It's fine. He's just another creep with a camera, which I'm we, looking. we've dealt with many times. I mean, the photos are meh. And it's because they're portraits. So, I mean, there's nothing. If you just looked at them and didn't know the backstory, you'd be like, okay, it's just somebody took a picture in 1970 of this girl. But then, oh, yeah, this does make it a lot more sinister, doesn't it? Right, and then you realize, okay, well, this person might be dead. Right. That's not great. Yeah. A lot of the photos that they have posted of these women um, are edited, like cropped, yeah. mostly cropped because when they re- initially released them, there are a lot of nudes. Yeah. And so they either cropped the, I think they I mostly cropped the photos which, as Paul Holes and Billy Jensen were talking about, how it's kind of unfortunate because there may have been things in the background of the photos that somebody could have identified. Oh, sure. Um, also, he looks like Bill Nye. Oh, if, yes. that Yes. He looks exactly like him. I wouldn't say exactly, but I get where you're going with He's that. He's pretty fucking close. I get where you're going with yeah, that. I think this is a young boy. Mm-hmm. I mean, right, right. it's hard to say. I mean, the 70s, that hair, but... Um, but here is a photo. Pull the picture, oh. Bill Nye, and prove my point. I didn't say you were wrong. I just said I don't mm, think they look exactly the same. I think you're wrong about how like wrong Nye? I am. 
The naive guy. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ow, fuck. No, not Bill Nighy. Oh, yeah, I guess Bill Nighy. Yeah. Nighy. Nighy. There's Bill Nighy, the science guy, and then there's, yeah, Bill Nighy. I love him. Uh, This is a recent photo of Rodney Alcala. Looking good, Rod. You fuck. I'm pretty sure at the end he was not able to leave his bed. Me? I don't care. I'm I just hope saying. He shit himself. Probably did. That kind of happens when you die. No, I hope he shit himself all up until it. Yeah. Um, I just. I don't want to put that on the poor nurse, though. No, leave it. <laughs> Let him. I'm making a side. Let him side wallow in shit. Go ahead, make it. I never <laughs> said that you were wrong. I see the similarities. I just don't think they're exactly the same. They're Wallowing the same shit, bro. Bill Nye has murdered many people. Well, that, <laughs> sure that would be very weird. But yeah, that fucking guy. Yeah, I knew he took photos and I knew he killed a few people, but I had no idea how yeah. actually deep and terrifying it was horrible. until it's fucking horrible, recently. Dude. And there's so many, there are a lot of like, if they, if, not if, but when they have found Jane Doe's in the past in those areas, mm-hmm. they're like, this could be one of his. When did Bundy get arrested? Yeah, which time? <laughs> well, because I mean, you know, Pacific Northwest, yeah, seventy-seven. Mm-hmm. That's hard to say. There's always there's always going to be some. They'd be like, maybe it was one of these where it was yeah. uh, Green River. BTK. Maybe it was Alcala. Maybe it was Bundy. There's always going to be some mystery to some of those fucks. Yeah. Uh, but especially with Alcala and the proof of all of these people that he came into contact with. Yeah. Wild. Like, again, 1,700 photos. Right. Only 120 were posted. Fucking and wild. 110 <laughs> are still up there. Yeah. And you wow. can look through all of them. And it is, there are some on there that are just knowing who he was looking at these photos. There's a a ton of photos on the beach and there are a handful of actual literal children. Like there's a baby in a diaper Mm -hmm. in one photo. I'm just like, oh, I really hate that. There's another one I remember. There's a little girl who she could not have been more than five years old. And it looked like it was a heat, like maybe there's a ton of people around. And she's just like smiling up at him. And I think she's got something in her hand. Ah. And I'm like, oh, God, that baby knows him, I think. God, don't let Alcala touch your kid. No. Gross. But yeah, that, that motherfucker, yeah. That's why I did the story. Because I was going to do a backhoe and be like, oh, Rodney Alcala died. But I was like, no, I'm going to do Rodney Alcala. <laughs> I have to tell the story. Uh, yeah. And it took me a while to do it because he died on July 24th. Right. And people were like, did you see this? I'm like, I did not. But um, as you can see, there is a lot of things I had to look into before I could uh, actually do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he died. Good. I hope it hurt. Bye. I really hope it felt terrible. Well, bye. Mm-hmm. Yep. You fuck. That fucking guy. That fucking guy. One more. Just one more down. Bye. Yay. Bye. You absolute trash monster. Bye. Yeah, fuck. 
We've done, done it. We did, and we ended on a bummer. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it wasn't great. It I wasn't. I thought about it and watched fucking Suicide Squad. There you go. Yeah. I'm going to go home and finish my enchiladas Ooh. that I'm making. Yeah. Ooh. I prepped them today, I'm this afternoon, so I didn't have enchiladas. to. No. But yeah, I was like, mm, mm-hmm. So I just got them all ready, and now I just have to go home and make the sauce and throw them in the oven. Perfect. Yeah. What kind of enchiladas? Uh, chicken. Okay. With like green chili chicken. Beautiful. With a uh, instead of like a red or green enchilada sauce, I'm doing the white sauce enchiladas. Mm. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. When I lived in Long Beach, yes. uh, there was a gentleman who was a like a street cart guy, mm-hmm. and he would sell tamales. Ooh. Mm. Walk around by the the bar that we used to hang out at, and he would come around. In a very sing-songy way, just go chicken, beef, pork, chili, cheese, chicken, beef, pork, chili, <laughs> cheese. Over, I love over. him. He was a man, and his tamales were incredible. I'll bet they were so love tamales. I love uh, when I used to work at the club. There used to be a tamale lady, mm. and she would come in and she would ask tamales, and I'd be like, mm, "Yes." <laughs> like you never, you you should never say no. No, to the tamale to a lady, no, tamale? because never. they're gonna be the best tamale you yeah. will ever have in your life. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. So, kids, <laughs> there are very, very few things you should accept from strangers on the street. Tamales is one. Tamales is yep. one of the very few things you always accept from a stranger on the yes. street. Yep. Until we have some kind of tamale-based serial killer on our hands. You're fine. In which case. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah, there was always a gal in front of the uh, Trader's Joe up on uh, 21st. Yes. Always I remember her. Giant cooler. Yeah, she had the cooler full, full of, of tamales. Yeah. So good. You just buy them on your way out. Yeah. Hells to the yeah. I do love But, yeah, these are... Uh, Inspired by uh, El Coyotes, mm. because today, the day we are recording, is the 52nd anniversary of the death of Sharon Tate mm-hmm. and the Tate LaBianca murders. Mm-hmm. Today is that day, and so I know that that was where they went on the last day and had dinner. To Trader Joe's? To El, El Coyote. Coyote. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't think the trade. Well, no, the Trader's Joe's existed at the time, but no, they went for dinner to El Coyote, and I know that uh, Deborah Tate, Sharon's sister, said in an interview that that was one of her favorite places to go, and they had a dish made with blue corn tortillas that they only served like one month out of the year. But I couldn't. I didn't know what it was. There was no information on it anywhere. So I just kind of. I was like, well, I know they're kind of famous for their enchiladas, so I'll just make enchiladas with the blue corn tortilla. Oh, perfect. To honor the day. And weirdly enough, I had ordered, um, uh, I think it's a Blu-ray copy of The Fearless Vampire Killers. Mm, and it mm-hmm. came in the mail today, of all days. So of I was like, days. so I'm going to go home and eat some enchiladas and watch that movie. Perfect. Yeah. And then get up at the ass crack of dawn. Ugh. I get up before Jesus. Let's. So you, get up, you get up at like two or three. Don't I get up you? at three thirty. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Agreed. I'm just like, Ugh, no. oh, that's like almost perfect. Almost. I say that because like I 
tend to stay up until like two or two thirty every day because I don't know how to manage my sleep schedule. Mm. So like three thirty, I'm like, oh, so if I just like took a shower and ate breakfast right before I was about to go to bed, I could just head to work. Yeah. Huh. You know what I mean? And you're just like, well, I may as well just stay up at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no. It's garbage. Still, though, that would ruin every other thing that I do in my life. So Yeah, I can't do it. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> can confirm. The rest of your can life is ruined. Can confirm. Do you want me to find you some remote work? Oh, my God. Yeah. Bro. I would never have to leave my house. Let's, let's talk after off mic. Done. So, okay, like well, we done done it. We, we done done it. Did Y'all know the it. drill. Rate, review, subscribe, share, 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 share. Yes, please. Out of the corner of my eye, I thought there was a cat on the table. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's truly not. It is a microphone. I used that to record Joanne Schinderly's album, and Posse was opening for her, and he came in and did this, like, really fake, mad, ranty thing <laughs> that he does every so often. And on it, I had that taped to the pole in the back of Alberta Street Pub, so I can have it mounted somewhere. And he just like, as he finishes his rant, he slaps. He goes, "Fuck this caterpillar!" And then just walks out the door. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. I've got that somewhere. Posse, that I love him. Guy. I hate him and I love him. Oh, Fair. well. If y'all would like some exclusive motherfucking content. content. <laughs> I did this the I other know, day. So. Yeah, you gotta go be a patron on our Patreon. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can see these boobs. Thousands of them. <laughs> I have thousands of tiny boobs all over my whole body. My <laughs> you asked for this. I know. Wow. Like, I'm not mad. I'm disturbed. <laughs> you should be. My boy child says hello to all of you and all of you out there. What up, ho? Hello, boy child. So, um, all right. Well, till next time, y'all. Hexes and hoes, y'all. Hexes, Hexes and, and hoes, y'all. <laughs> Bye. Bye. That's all you. Hats off to the fuck you club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And today, mm-hmm. today, we have... We have got a couple very special ones. First and foremost, fuck you, Rodney Alcala, you oh. vile piece of fucking shit. Yep. Well, he's dead. So. Burning in fucking hell Glad where you're you dead. belong. Hope it and then a super special fuck you mm-hmm. to Dana Crappa for being such an irresponsible, unfucking sympathetic, empathetic. She's still alive. Piece uh, of fucking motherfucking shit. Just... She could have saved that little girl's life and she kept her stupid, dumb cunt mouth shut and she shouldn't have. Yeah. People, if you see something, fucking say something. Fuck that bitch. Fuck her. I'm just saying. Hard with sandpapery cactuses. Oh, okay. I mean, if you see an adult man manhandling a child and you're in your car, maybe just tap him in the knee. Just knock his knee out from under him and yeah. just snatch that girl right into your car. Be yeah. like, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying run somebody over. I'm just saying a little, a little love tap behind the knee. Knock, yeah. knock his leg out from under him. Yeah, I just, I, fuck, dude. Agreed. Fuck. I uh, tried this too much. That's how I feel oh, yeah. about that. So exactly. All right. All right. Well. Bye. Bye. Fuck that cunt. Oh. Titty dicks. Titty, titty dick nickels. Butt stuff. <laughs> McGee. 
<laughs> yep. Chode venom. Chode venom. How do I fucking get you to giggle? God damn it. Um, <laughs> that'll do. <laughs>